you're the guy who's standing right next to the switch. So do you know the trolley problem off the top of your head? Would you like Isn't me to recap like, it for you? Uh, recap it for me, i.e. the people listening to this. Make okay, sure. yeah, perfect, perfect. If this makes it into the cold open, welcome. Thanks for, for coming. Uh, but the trolley problem is there's an out-of-control trolley speeding towards a group of five people. You stand at the, the switch, the track switch. Uh, to send it another direction. If you do send it another direction, one person will die. So you can either do nothing and let the original disaster happen uh, via your inaction, or you can take an action and cause one person to die. So you will have saved five people, but at the cost of one life. So do you? the question is, do you do nothing and let the original disaster happen as it would if you weren't there, Mm-hmm. Or because you can do something, do you do that? Well, the problem is it just sounds like there's a level of effort um, in in making the track switch. So I don't I don't like really like physical activity. Okay. So um, <laughs> you're, you're saying just the the just the fact that you got to do something it already kind of pushes that uh, that uh, choice a little lower on the priority scale. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would rather be completely inactive, so that way I'm not getting uh, uh, sued by anyone. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, so there you go. That's my choice. Uh, inaction due to uh, being scared about lawsuits and just, honestly, physical activity. Um, that's And honestly, I should put physical activity first before the lawsuits because I don't really like doing most things. So yeah. Yeah. I feel good about that decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I wonder though, okay. Uh, is there anything that could motivate you? Like, uh, if, if the one guy who, if you did nothing, they would be saved. If he was just like, Actually, not, let's not make him be the one tempting you away from this decision because you're already on his side. Basically, he's already safe. Yeah, so I'm wondering, of. like, what would get it? Like, what are those people? What would it get it for them to yell out for you to be like, mm, "Sorry, buddy, <laughs> clickety clackety, there goes the trackety." <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, you know, I there are a few hot toy pre-orders that. I've, <laughs> That's where you go. The been, hot toys. Yeah, ones I want, but I haven't made them pre-orders yet. So like. I work at Hot Toys. I could give you the employee discount. It's substantial. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But I'm the owner of Hot Toys. Oh no! What a devil's bargain! Uh, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. Uh-huh. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. Here come the fizzy friends. Bubbly bodies, the fun never ends. Pop Saga, you know we gotta represent. Uh-huh. Talking about Batman, the show from 66. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial Revelations companion. Hey, pop scares ya. Pop, 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 pop scares ya. You just never know what you might see right here. Every single day is Halloween. 
just a couple of nerds. Keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. Hey everyone, welcome Pop Saga pals, TM, 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 to a special edition of the of Pop Saga. Today we are celebrating a major milestone, our third year anniversary. Can you believe it? Feels just I, like I can't. Th- three years ago when we embarked in this incredible journey together, exploring the realms of pop culture, fandoms, and everything in between. Today, we're taking it easy, turning the dial down a notch, and embracing the chill vibes. It's going to be a chill cast as we sit back, relax, and dive into whatever rivers we find. I recently gave my thoughts on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now we can give Forrest's uh, take on it. Also, since this episode comes out the week of 4th of July, we can't help but get a little patriotic ranking of Independence Day dishes. Discussing the perfect balance of flavors and that sizzle in the grill that makes these meals truly unforgettable. And of course, no anniversary celebration would be complete without reflecting on our journey. So far, we'll be taking a moment to reminisce about our favorite moments from the past three years. Who are we? I'm John. As always, I'm joined by Force. So get ready to kick back, relax, and celebrate this amazing three-year journey together. Grab your favorite snacks and let Pop Saga Anniversary Chillcast Veganza begins woohoo chill cast veganza yeah that's that's i don't write that word ever again that's just <laughs> like it's just the t and the v is just really bugging with my brain my brain's like how read this why yeah. why did you write this and i go mm. it's too late it's already too, out there in the world too late past john i did what i did yep Yep, you can't take it back. It's on wax, as we like to say over here at Pop Saga. Uh, that was a real great little mixed-up intro that you did there, John. That's a surprise, a delightful surprise to me. Uh, did you do that? Uh, did you edit that together yourself? I did. Yeah. Wow, so cool. I, yeah, did it. Uh, I, I did it before we recorded. Uh, took it didn't take too long because I'm fairly a lot more. Even though look people when you hear me talk and you hear everything we say on this you might go like you're not that organized but i'm actually fairly organized when it comes to this uh pop saga thing so <laughs> i had Take all the that songs invisible naysayer <laughs> yeah I, i'm seeing you though i i'm seeing through your almost perfect predator invisibility cloak of naysaying i'm seeing right through it uh yeah wow. so I just they have a cool I, predator cloak and everything yeah it's, i mean it's not that cool though because it's it's no. It's it's like really thick blinds. You know how the Predator cloak kind of just has like those little like outward lines that if you really look, you can kind of see it. These yeah, ones yeah. are like some real thick blinds, like <laughs> like double wide thick. Like you can definitely see in the separation. You like, hey, you Predator naysayer, you over there in that corner just naysaying me in, in cloak, <laughs> and it goes. Which is, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I, I am. I'm gonna leave now. And then he just walks over just to another bush. Was like, hey, come on, hey, predator naysayer, I see you. I still there's see a, you. There's an outline around you. That's ten points thick. Yeah, like you, you like somebody really loves drop shadow in you because I can tell exactly <laughs> where you're at the whole time. You are separated from the environment. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's uh, really cool. I felt like, you know. At the end of this, you normally uh, we, we we give our eternal thanks to um, 
Burton M6. Oh, Burton M6. Thank you. My brain just uh, farted. That's uh, okay. We give, we give oh, our in, in terrible yeah. spells off. Yeah, it does. It, it, the worst part is it shoots out your nose and then right back in your nose. Oh, no. It's a boomerang. <laughs> it's a boomerang. Oh, no. It's a, it's a boomerang fart. Um, oh, no, dear. But um, we normally do that. And then I was just kind of, you know, reflecting on all the past themes we've done and stuff. Uh-huh. So and I was just like, oh, wow, this is cool. So I, I wanted to kind of stitch something together. So there you go. And you did it. Well done. Well done, sir. There you go. There you go. There you go. Bravo! <laughs> yes, yes, it's a chill cast. We're chilling out. Are you out there chilling with us? I, geez, I hope so. Yeah, this will come out after Fourth of July, but I feel like the whole week has those vibes. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I got my, uh, I got my red, white, and blue Crocs on. They're switched to sport mode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you you're living dangerously. Yeah, listen, I've got a confession to make. I don't own Crocs. Although, no. the the older I get, the more appealing they are becoming. I mean, I've had Crocs for years. And they originally, you do? Yeah, they originally were just my go-to-the-trash-and-come-back shoe. And now? And now, they're the go-to-the-trash-come-back shoe, and then go-to-target-and-come-back shoe, and then go other places and come back. Like, I had to go... Go to the vet this morning for Batman, and I was wearing my Crocs. I did not give a shit. Yeah, I think it's well. I think the young folks have made it more of a, an effective and and uh, and more of an actual fashion statement. Although I've never asked someone why, like what about Crocs makes them good. And and just to clear up anything before we go anything further, further, this episode is not sponsored by Crocs, but it could be. Do you see how yeah. I mentioned sport mode? I talked the lingo, Crocs. Like Send it. me a free pair. I'm a Blake Slate. I could be the best billboard for Crocs you've ever seen. <laughs> Just what you want. Another 40-year-old dude wearing Crocs telling you how great they are. They're actually very comfortable. They're made in Sweden. I don't know where they're made, Crocs. Educate me. Give give Forrest the tools he needs to be able to educate others. That's he right. Could, evangelize the the croc nation for the, the croc naysayers he can go out there and be like listen to me yeah here are, here are my comfortable woolly crocs because they do have ones that have even like inserts in them and stuff yeah it's it's a good but time. what is it about it what is it about sell me on these these weird looking shoes that uh seem to to just be uh never ending never going away okay so originally like i said Go to the trash, come back, because there's shoes that, like, you could just wash in the sink. You know what I mean? It was just like, if something gets on them or whatever, it no worries. You could take care of them because they're just rugged little things that are slightly more comfortable to walk in. Don't uh-huh. run in a fucking croc, though. Don't run in a croc. Don't. That, that'll. You only got two ankles unless you have more. <laughs> but what about sport mode? That's got to mean something. I mean, like. Sure, run run with sports mode. I wouldn't know. You wouldn't. Okay. No, no. There's not a, there's not enough uh, ankle stability to like engage. Like, you're not passing anyone in in sport <laughs> mode Crocs. Damn, like, wow. It, yeah, at I some point that. your foot's gonna be slipping and sliding in there, even with the little uh, rubber bubbles, and you're just you know fuck yourself up. Don't do it. I thought for sure it was like got a, it's got all this downforce in the back of your. <laughs> 
back your your ankle man and and it's just it's just keeping you glued to that pavement pavement giving you the traction you need to go faster higher farther whatever oh, oh man i love that fucking uh daft punk song right? <laughs> yep slip your cracks on they're made of plastic there you go 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 much faster <laughs> go much faster quicker qu- faster with sports mode daft punk yeah Hey, by the way, Daft Punk, speaking of, uh, you know, getting endorsements on this show, I realize y'all are, are, are finally calling it quits. Maybe you passed the to- baton. I think that we've just created our <laughs> demo tape to be the next Daft Punk. Except I think so. All we do is brand deals. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it would be. Come get Phil's coffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, you know, John, I hate to break it to you. That's a very local reference you just made. Okay. Can't, I, I can right. tell you from up here, I've been, I've been thirsted for a fills and you can't find them anywhere, even though this, this area of the country what? purports to be, uh, to know how to make good coffee. And I said, well, you never try and fills. Yeah. I mean, say, what is that? Is it Bigfoot's Coffee Express? No, it's not. Is it Dutch Bros? Wrong. Why are you saying names that sound fake? Yeah, it does, right? Those, all gotta, those names sound fake. Well, listen, you when you want to go in t- to a tiny shack that has a logo of a windmill on it that's sandwiched in between uh, a spray, a high-pressure car wash, do-it-yourself place, and uh, a McDonald's that's built in- into a sinkhole, <laughs> you got yourself Dutch Bros Coffee. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm a I'm gonna stick with Phil's. Yeah. But they you got get mint. Your, you, you get yeah, I mean the mint mojito. Mm. Ugh, that's so good. I miss the so Phil's. Good. You know, before I drank coffee at Phil's, by the way, just to clear up any misconceptions before we go any further, this episode is not sponsored by Phil's either, but again, just listen to what we have to say, evaluate for yourself. I know you're listening, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> But before I had Phil's coffee, I don't think I really understood how like complex and flavorful coffee could be. I'd had the burnt stuff from the diner or Starbucks where they intentionally over-roast their beans to give you that burnt flavor that everyone loves. Yep, yep, yep. And Pete's does the same thing. It's the same damn coffee, just about. Oh, you mean uh, Pete's and Starbucks? Yeah, 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 same damn thing. They damn near burn the... Uh, Heaven out of them beans to give oh, yeah. you that smoky flavor that no it's one really It's a dark, really dark bean. For. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dark, dark burnt bean. And uh, there's a, it, hey, just give it a try. Find yourself a fancy coffee place. Give give yourself, like, order the, the light to medium roast and really see how truly dimensional and impressive that crazy bean can be. Agreed. Now, Crocs. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes, tell me about <laughs> Tell uh, me the, about the Crocs. So originally, wash them in ease of use. Cause you slip, you slip your feet in, you walk over to the trash, you drop it off, you come back, whatever. But then I just found, I was like, oh, wait, they make Crocs that have like fur linings on the inside? Ooh. So then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's Target. I don't care who sees me wearing these things in Target. So then it was just like a real easy shoe where I'm like, well, I don't have to put on a tennis shoe. I don't even have to worry about socks. I can sport mode it if I want, or I, you know, I can... I can hang the luggage out the back, as I believe they use that euphemism in Crocland. <laughs> Do they? Um, yeah. Is that your heel? Is that the luggage? 
Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, yeah. Your heel is like the the the. What was fuel fool like those luggage carriers you see on the back of the thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay. just like sure, the, sure, sure. Yeah, but um. So originally it's that, but then, uh, you know what really got me into it, and I'm sure you've seen it already. It's like the Croc jewelry charms. Oh, the Croc charms! I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you can get the bling, you can get the characters. And I went to the Las Pulgas uh, a few months ago when my other brother-in-law was up here. And we just got, like, they just had so many. So I just, I was like, well, I have so many holes on each of my Crocs. I need them, <laughs> I need to fill them almost all up. I leave a few for breathing, you know, because he's speed holes. Sure. But, like, you could get ones that have, like, boba in it or, or a hockey mask or, like, butterflies or uh, um transformers uh wine glasses wow. uh, shit you can get misfit charms if you want for real <laughs> yeah seems, dead serious that seems wildly a counter to their original message but you know who am i to say yeah but i mean who are you to say nothing but damn this is an awesome way to decorate my uh my crocs the the only problem with these charms yeah. and this is minute is you could lose them because sometimes like when you, especially when you're moving fast, even without sports mode, you might pop one of these suckers out. <laughs> so you gotta be you gotta be in a real sort of chill space doing a chill thing. You can't be like you you can't need to like Batman's not wearing Crocs. He doesn't even Bruce Wayne is not wearing Crocs because at a moment notice he may have to to chase down uh, some miscreant uh, who who's who's some ne'er do well who is. Mm -hmm doing bad things and if he's got crocs on he's shit out of luck i guess is what you're saying yeah pretty much he's toast like he's rolling an ankle and the joker's <laughs> getting away full stop like there's can you and, imagine just i mean like, yes just an exciting just a, the joker's running away down an alley and then batman just doubles over oh oh <laughs> joker's <it>. like <laughs> Uh, oh, oh, he might actually be hurt. I'm going to call someone. <laughs> I should have never worn these Crocs, Robin. Why did you talk me into them? Yes, they are so festive, and they got me over the the death of my parents. But still, <laughs> they got me. Crocs are, I mean, come at us, Crocs. Do you listen to this? Do you I'm listen to this, this world building we're doing for you? We've just brought it. We've just brought in Batman to the Croxiverse, and th this is how he is feeling better after his parents died. Well, at least I have these Crocs. Master Bruce, I brought you a charm. This is because it's a football because you love fu football in high school. What? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, wow. Those years of trauma are now gone. Thank you, Alfred, for this football. In fact, I don't think I need to be Batman anymore. Your father left this videotape for you. Bruce, whatever you do, enjoy your Crocs and enjoy your life. What? <laughs> this is incredible. Of course, the videotape just like those old school Johnny Quest cartoons where it's just a picture with the lips moving. <laughs> it's Alfred has finally found the one way to get Bruce away from his crusade. 
I can't bug. believe that's what worked. The, uh, the Crocs were the thing? Really? I that, can't even... I, I, I'm finding it hard to believe myself. I'm for it. Okay. I'm well, worried. there you go, Crocs. Yeah, the only, the only thing is I don't approve of what they call the char- the official charm name. Oh. Yeah, it's not very good. I, I would just call them Croc Charms. Um, yeah. But they are referred to as gibbets. Excuse- <clears throat> Begging your pardon? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I did not sneeze. I said gibbets. J-I-B-B-I-T-Z. Gibbets. Gibbets. Uh, okay, gibbets. well, I mean, come on. Crocs. We're trying really hard to to you know bring you up into a, a level of pop culture relevance that surely you've never experienced before. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you're down there just fucking it up with this <laughs> talking about gibbets. Come up with some. Uh, that sounds dangerously close to to giblets, which make a, a damn good gravy, but uh, not a great thing to tie to your shoe. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not putting like a, a turkey liver or something giblets on my shoe. Yeah, but that think about happen. how popular it would be with the ma- neighborhood dogs if you did. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's true. Hmm. Do I need that level of popularity? <laughs> no. I can answer that for you. No, you do not. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Thanks. I was really That's... considering it for a second. I still got six holes in my Crocs to fill. And I was like, well, I, I can put a little liver here, a little, little heart, a little lung. <laughs> See what happens in the neighborhood. But... <laughs> You're setting me straight, so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, this is the... We're, we're recording this on the 3rd of July, so 4th of July Eve, uh, as some might call it. Um, but I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't think that precludes, uh, you know, imbibing... Uh, a little a cocktail. <laughs> yeah, true. So it is time for our everyone's favorite segment. <laughs> you better be careful. Don't pull. I'm waiting for you. Uh, wait for you to pull your back. <laughs> they hurt your back. What have I done? Uh, but give me it, my Crocs. Give me my Crocs. I need, I need medicated shoes. <laughs> yeah, Crocs heal all wounds. Um, but uh, that's not what we're crocking about today. We're crocking about ever, uh, the uh, our the cocktails we're enjoying during today's record, uh, or just regular drinks if it's a hot day and you want to hydrate yourself. Uh, so, John, as tradition dictates, tell me what you are enjoying this evening. Well, to celebrate our third year anniversary, I decided to create a cocktail based off of one thing I like a lot and another thing I've never tried before. Interesting. So, so I am <laughs> calling it a three-year wave. Okay. And it is made with Hendrix Limited Edition Flora Adora Gin. Flora Adora. So it's very much like Dora the Explorer, but I'll allow it. Yeah, Uh, I didn't name it. Hendrix did. Yep. Can you say Hendrix? Okay, go ahead. I can. See, that would get me to watch them type of shows. Can you spot (laughs) the gin bottles in the background? Can I? Um, Yeah, and a Calypso Cooler. 
Island Wave Lemonade. Um, Ooh, interesting. So I had the cooler by itself, and it is extremely sweet. And mm-hmm. those Calypso it, lemonades are not fucking around. Yeah, they do not mess around. I looked at the calorie amount and said, "Ooh, I gotta maybe pace these out a little bit more." Um, <laughs> so I just took two ounces of Hendrix Florida Gin, which is limited edition apparently, and then I added Calypso to taste. I have not tried it since I've mixed it. So here we go. All right, he's trying it now. Oh. He's, chew- he's chewing it, which is, seems like a bad sign. We're oh. getting the characteristic John in trouble sounds. Oh. <laughs> so let's check it and see what's going on. Oh, it's very floral. Um, more so, it didn't. When I smelled the gin, it didn't have that floral, super floral hit. It definitely had a little bit of, you know, like normal kind of gin smell, but whew, it, it was like. If you were to get a bouquet and you put it in a, a vase, you put the little thing to keep the bouquet alive, and then it, then you eventually have to throw out the flowers. You throw out the flowers, and then you were to drink that. That's kind of what I imagine it tastes like. Oh, f- oh. so floral scum. Mmm. Mm. Yum, yum, yum. Sounds but it good. Def- but it definitely um, has muted, muted the um, Calypso. I can, it's very... Very faint, even though when I had it originally, you could not mistake what you were drinking. So, um, I'm gonna go back to the drawing board with this Floridora <laughs> gin, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe you'll be able to find something in there. Uh, that sounds fascinating, though. Hey, hey you know what? I was, I'm, I'm just trying to take a, 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 put out all the stops. Very good. So, there you go. How about you? Ah, fantastic. Thanks so much for asking. I am drinking, uh, maybe not something quite as creative as you, but at least lightly themed to our third anniversary. Uh, I'm calling it a Dirty Marthrini. That's right. It's a, uh, it's your classic Dirty Martini with a little bit of vermouth in there. Don't tell anyone. Don't come at me, bartenders. I know you just like to drop it in the old mixer and throw it out, but... I'm not wasting any of my precious, very worryingly cheap vermouth. Uh, Then I uh, top it with a a little bit of the brine from the olives themselves. And this one is topped with three olives, uh, hence the name Dirty Marthrini. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Hmm. Tastes like vodka. (laughs) Well, then uh, mission accomplished, right? Yeah. I enjoy it. Like, I've been totally ruined. I'm sure my physician would be very upset with the amount of sodium that I'm ingesting here, uh, plus alcohol. But ever since I discovered the dirty martini, I have not been able to drink a regular one. Because I want that solid, solid, uh, salt, salted, solid, solids in there. Yeah, salty, solid, solids. Yep. You're salty, right about solid burger. Yeah. <laughs> the. the the uh, the miracle of the Hudson. That's what I'm calling this martini. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, yeah, I, I just love that salty brine in there, and uh, it's hard for me to, to have a martini without it these days. I've been I've been ruined for martinis by the dirty martini. I hear you. You found something that you like, and you you try to maintain it. I appreciate yeah. that. But I, I as I get older, it does get 
like as I get older, and like let's say I have a a younger bartender who who is a who is a woman, I do feel creepier asking for the dirty martini because I feel like it suggests subtext which I am not putting in there. Uh, but and especially when I go, hey, hey, can I have a martini? Make it extra dirty. I mean, mates, part of it might be my pronunciation. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. I would. It maybe the order in which you uh, uh, state state it and ask for it. Maybe you can get a around that. So instead of like saying, "Can I get a martini extra dirty?" You start with, "Can I get a extra dirty martini?" Yeah. Okay. I mean, it both sounds they both sound terrible, but uh, yeah. you're right. I think I, I like think my it order just like better. it is better. I think you're right because just being like, "Make it dirty." Is a it's just a weird thing to say, and uh, I should really stop saying it. Anyway, dirty martinis. Next time I'll just be like, I would like a dirty martini, please. I am a robot, and I drink. I run on martinis. Dirty martini, please. I you try that. Like you let me know how that goes. I think you might want to do it the first way. Okay. But try the robot martini monster. That's fine. I'm not. I'm gonna try the robot martini monster. I, yeah, I mean, with the with the Five Nights at Freddy's movie coming out, I feel like this is a good opportunity to just go to the bar and say something like that. To be like, I am an animatronic that has escaped from Pirates of the Caribbean. Can I have a dirty martini, please? Yeah, I don't think they're gonna give you one. I don't think do that's that, gonna but... work. I think I think they might uh, say, "Hey, I think you have been overboard already, sir. Please get out of this establishment." Dirty martini, please. I have I will... not started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you Are you saying you won't serve AI? I am a sentient being. Dirty martini. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a try. I mean, it does seem like it does seem kind of like just I'm hassling a bartender making their job, which is already very high stress, even worse. But uh, but uh, I gotta figure out another way that doesn't uh, that doesn't you know infer something I'm not meaning because I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable out there. So instead of being able to pretend to be a robot, (laughs) yeah, I think that is a perfect way to make people feel more comfortable, right? Because who's afraid of a robot? There's been so many good ones in, uh, in uh, you know, media. You know, the good Terminator, of course. Don't worry about yeah. the bad one. Yep, or, yeah, all, yeah at all. Or uh, Johnny Five. Oh, dude. Um, maybe I could do the... If, maybe if I really practice, I could do the Johnny Five voice. Johnny Five is alive, and I want a dirty martini. <laughs> I'd watch that trilogy. <laughs> Is there a third Johnny Five movie? Well, I know there's two. So there's definitely two. That's what I'm saying. If there was a third one, I would hope it would be Johnny, you know, like Short Circuit 3, Johnny's quest for a dirty martini. <laughs> Just Short Circuit 3, filmed entirely in Sandals Resort, Jamaica. <laughs> When Johnny Five accidentally gets shipped to Sandals Resort, Jamaica, how will he get a dirty martini? (laughs) 
The no. stakes have never been lower for Jody Bud. <laughs> it's not about converting him into a, a war-capable robot or nope. anything else. Nope, nope. It's just his quest to get, like, one dirty martini. And then the bartender's like, you don't even have a mouth. Yeah, He's I like, can't drink it. <laughs> don't you worry about it. We're, leave the drinking to me. Just make it extra dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there that's again seriously short circuit yeah. people get us. yeah if you're listening and i know you are I've i checked, know that you are i've checked the analytics i know that it's specifically weirdly it said the the it had the ip address and it just said guy who came up with the johnny five from short circuit yeah, and I believe that, so I'm good. I oh yeah, exactly no. what I see on the interwebs. <clears throat> no one is no one is taking uh, Johnny Five Valor. You know what I mean? Stolen Valor. They're just like uh, <laughs> no one else is taking that. The only the person who actually did it will have actually will claim that that uh, that, that that particular bona fide. <laughs> Do you remember when, like, shortly around the time Short Circuit came out, uh, there was also Batteries Not Included? Yep. Oh, yeah. Little robots. That was a weird one. Yeah, that was like, they were outer space robots, right? Yep. Yeah. That's why you figure, like, they don't need batteries, they're outer space robots. Yeah, what the hell? But it is yeah. weird that we don't really talk about, uh, we don't really talk about that one anymore, and mostly just talk about Johnny Five. Because uh... Johnny Five was, like... That was crazy, but it made you believe robots could be real. Because I mean, it. I mean, it was all practical for heaven's sakes. The, the, the batteries not included ones. It's like, mm, I own mask toys. They don't do that. <laughs> I don't care how many batteries you put in them. They're not doing that. Yeah, they're not floating around doing things, solving crimes or whatever happened in that movie. And that's the other problem is, I only ever saw it in the once, and I don't remember it. So like. Mm. Yeah, yeah did they? Did, did did he solve crime? He did solve crimes. I think so. Like, what else are alien robots gonna do? Yeah. What else? What else do they have to do? Go back to outer space? Boring. Yeah. I mean, why come here? You can't have a movie if they just flew down here and said, mm, "I'm good," and then bombed off back. <laughs> They're like, "Hmm, this town needs to have crime solved." I imagine that's how they sound. And so we will solve the crimes here because we are robots that don't have our batteries included. I think mm -hmm. that was the tagline. Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, no one cares about that. <laughs> Even though, to be fair, I think batteries not included is a better title than short circuit. Yes, even though uh, short circuit's a little on the nose because it's exactly it's what happens. It's two on the nose. It's, yeah. But it's two on the nose. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, it'd be um, like watching a like a murder movie, and it was like Tom is the killer. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just a Tom little... did the knife stab. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, third act, Tom will confess, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Eh, batteries not included make you go, "Ooh, I wonder what that is." And you could honestly probably use batteries not included for the short circuit movies, and that could yeah. be like a way he short circuited. You see? And, and yeah. There is sort of like a thing where he has to to uh, sort of uh, MacGyver some batteries onto him to to keep him going when he's his power cells running out for some reason. So 
Yeah, I mean, it, I think it all works. I think it all works. Batteries not included. You want to swap? You want to swap titles? Get us, get in touch with us. <laughs> swap it. those titles. Look, we we look, we are idea people, and we can get stuff moving. Uh, we're gonna get our our croc charms going. We're gonna get the the Johnny Five thirst for a dirty martini. Batteries <laughs> not included. We're bringing that thing back. We're, we'll have a crossover where those two can fight. The little robots versus Johnny Five. It, it's gonna be dope. Just hit us up. Hit us up. Uh, the Pop Saga at Gmail You can tell we're professional because the title of the show is in the name of the email. <laughs> do you do, has anyone tried to, to your knowledge to reboot Short Circuit? Um, I want to say yes, but I don't know if it was like from like comic book resource. You know, like wishful thinking and not actual people trying to reboot it. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. You know, like someone's like, someone's trying to get the rights to Johnny Five. And you just go, like, oh, cool. You don't need to remake that. <laughs> uh, well, here, here you go, uh, world. If you need someone after this whole writer strike is over to, uh, to write the, 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 the short, the inevitable short circuit reboot. We promise we'll do it, and we promise we won't cast Fisher Stevens in a wildly problematic in hindsight <laughs> role. In there. 100%. We promise. Uh, so, I mean, that's the Pop Saga guarantee. So, uh, you know, reach out. Uh, talk to us. Uh, we're here. We're here for it. We've been saying it for three goddamn years. Come on. We haven't received one phone call, and we're just putting out gold in there into the world. You know, maybe that's the problem. You know, I think you might be right. I think an AI must be snatching all these good ideas and just yeah. passing it off as its own. Chat GBT, if you listen to this episode, we're on to you. Okay? Yeah. No more scraping our podcast. You got it? Yeah, no more scraping. No more vaping. <laughs> Stop yep. vaping, Chat GBT. It's bad for you. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, don't do it, Chat, chat Jeepers. Um... <clears throat> you know that might be bad for you but you know what something is that is good for you seeing what? a good movie at the cinema yeah yeah here, here uh john i don't want to make you jealous right off the bat but the version i saw the sound was mixed perfectly and i oh, could hear you. that spider gwen intro clear as a crystal well i'm glad that i was able to use a platform like this to get those changes made yeah, I mean, you I'm said taking it. I'm full and then responsibility. Shortly afterwards, it was changed. So, I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that it's a one to one, but man, the timing is quite suspicious. Same takes a few days, I guess, to balance out that sound. But awesome, glad you you were able to hear it undrumified or not undrumified, but drums mixed well with the the intro monologue because all yeah. I could hear was the drumming. It'd be all like. And then I said to him like this, and I was going to go over here like this. I was like, yeah. what, what is being said right now? Like I can tell there's a motion on the screen, but I don't know really what's being said. Yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely, I would actually hesitate to say that they may have mixed it down a little too low. Like it was the impact of the drums was, was quiet almost. So they may have overcorrected a little bit in the other direction, but I would rather be able to hear the uh, the dialogue than not, so I, I can't say that I mind. 
Yeah, that's a yeah. I would much rather hear that than something that's over mixed. But that obviously that did not ruin my enjoyment of the movie at all. But yeah, what everyone heard my thoughts as high level as I can make them. Uh huh. Yeah. Hit us up. I mean, it was great. Hard to uh, hard to find any fault about it. Like I have I have personal preferences when it comes to certain people's animation style and visual expression. But that's just because I am an artist and I have very I just have very uh, particular aesthetic tastes that sometimes things don't match up with. But uh, other than that, I mean that like I would have to to I would have to pick all the nits, John, to even find anything that I I disliked about the film. Uh, I guess the old, the biggest thing I didn't like about it is that we have to wait so long for the the third part. Yeah. That's probably the thing that I, I like the least about it. I was just like, oh, man, I was really hoping they'd give us, like, a winter release. Yeah, because they really stack on the cliffhangers in a way that makes you really, really anxious to see how everything shakes out. In fact, John, why don't you invoke the spoiler witch so we can really get deep into this movie uh, and I'm just going to tag on with a little extra tag for the spoiler, which uh, don't listen to this. If you haven't seen it yet, go in as fresh as you possibly can, as unspoiled as you possibly can. You're going to have a really great time if you do that. All right, here we go. Spoilers, spoilers, double boilers. You hear that? Cauldrons mm-hmm. burn and secrets bubble. Of course. And, Remember when and I had to do the other, I would just have to keep saying spoiler, 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 just to make yep, sure the spoiler which would stay and at bay until you're like, let's uh, let's just take this incantation and <laughs> put it out there so we can always play it. Don't ever forget yeah, about it. make it a button. Yeah, yeah, I know. That was one of the many uh, time and efficiency improvements that we have developed over the three years of doing this show. Yeah, that is true. Um, but uh, good, thank goodness. Scurry back now. You a demon from the uh, fr- from the uh, underworld, you cannot uh, throttle us in our sleep because we have invoked you and and now are safe, at least for uh, the time being. But uh, yeah, so don't you know skip ahead uh, until you hear us not talking about Sp- Spider Man uh, if you don't want to get it spoiled because uh, lots of stuff to talk about. Um, but. Uh, just a uh, a visual feast, as you said, um, from start to finish. Uh, tons of really great characters. I loved uh, Spider-Man 2099. Spider-Man, I'm a huge fan of Spider-Man 2099 from just the comics and regular stuff. Uh, so having that, uh, having a, a realized version of that was just fantastic. Really love that. Um, I hope, John, and I wonder what your take on this is. I do hope that Spider-Man 2099 is redeemed, um, in the third movie. And I hope that that doesn't cost him his life. Yeah, I, 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 I am hoping for a redemption arc too, though. I think it probably will cost him his life. I really hope not. One, because I think it is really cool to have uh, a character like Oscar Isaac's Miguel O'Hara and his background. The the fact that he speaks Spanish as Spider-Man is fucking cool. I really hope that they 
keep them as a going concern. You don't have to make a, a spinoff, but um, he's one of those characters. You know, he is presented as a sort of like the immediate threat of the second movie because not because he is a villain necessarily, but because he is a traumatized hero who only knows one way to keep everything safe. And of course, that way is to not disrupt canon, which is what they refer to as the the series of events as they're supposed to play out uh, in every Spider-Man story. There's always tweaks, but every Spider-Man goes through these these defining life moments that make uh, the every spider person who they are. And uh, when those moments get disrupted via, you know, multiversal shenanigans, then uh, the, the Miguel's team or someone from the whole spider complex goes out there and, and fixes it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sets but, it right. Yeah. What did you, what, you kind of mentioned the, blending of styles um because it, it is very prevalent in the uh, series and also the the color language for each world now everyone mm-hmm. it, like all has almost like a, a a predominant color there what did you think when it took you to lego world because that that was i was not even remotely expecting that yeah i was very surprised i guess i should have seen it coming since uh lord and miller the people who produced this movie or the first these both these movies uh created the first lego movie which was a smash success so i should i guess i should have seen it coming uh but i didn't and i thought it was delightful i like that they did it it felt like they really did it with actual stop motion uh they they did so they got they got a fan who did a stop motion version of it after into the spider verse happened. He's like a 14 year old kid at the time. So wow. they got him to do this. I think he was 16 and he got, he, he did the whole animation and stuff for it, but it's truly was stop motion. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I think just to get it out of the way, the one thing that I did, I didn't love when I could see when they put like fake, um, uh, pencil, pencil drawings, that a, a animator might do to like define like define volume and like see where the eye line is. They put that in there sometimes, uh, and I think it's just my personal experience. I, like I know how three D animation works. I know how two D animation works. So I know that's like an extra thing they had to do to make it look like it was something else. And uh, that just took me out of it personally. I don't think that's necessarily a bad decision overall because I think it worked with what they were trying to say about the characters that they did use it on. Um, but that to me was a little, it just took me out of the moment. And I, and I was so engrossed to the movie that I would, didn't really love that part. Uh, but that's really the only nitpick I can throw at it from a visual perspective and a story perspective too. I have nothing, I have no complaints. I would have done nothing differently in the story. Uh, I can't imagine it being any other way to be totally honest. Yeah. There's nothing that I've come up with in my head canon that would make it a yeah better movie would make me go oh this this is really good i'd be like no this was pitch perfect just about yeah just about i mean i think you're right i think it is the i think the into the spider verse and across the spider verse are two of the best spider-man movies you can uh you can you can get um and i really want a version of this specific 
uh, Miles Morales in in live action. Although the way that they have structured this movie, I don't think that's ever going to be the case because this version of Miles Morales only exists in animation compared based on what they have sort of connected in this movie. Yeah, but I feel like there's some wiggle room to have that change. Yeah. Like he goes over, he pops in the real world, and then looks like the real world, because that is... They did, even though they do show that uh, that blend with uh, Donald Glover mm-hmm. in it for a moment, exactly. which was really enjoyable as well. But my hope is that this is... Get the actor, put him in there, let him do it at this point. Why not? Um, he, yeah. He's just such a delightful version of Miles that, yeah, he's just so enjoyable that I was just like, yeah, let's just, let's just, let's just give him some work. Let's, let's do this. Cause he would, he, he would rock it. Yeah. And it's not like to say that that would further legitimize it or make it, uh, like make it a more important movie. Cause I think this movie is important on its own and, and could be fine if it was never turned into live action, but I just like this version of Spider-Man so much. I would love to see all the different, you know, as many different versions as, as you can. I'd like to see Miles Morales all over the place, and specifically this version. Yeah, I mean, he—that's that's like I, I, not really like in too many other animated versions, which I haven't really grokked, but this one is feels the most balanced, even compared to the uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales video game, which is probably, you know, my next favorite one. This Miles is just awesome, and it's it's lovely to see him grow yeah uh, even between the two films too so like yeah let's let's give him a shot even though i don't think you need like you were saying i don't think you need to bring this miles into live action to legitimize it at all i i 100 feel comfortable in this statement that i think both spider-man into the spider-verse and across the spider-verse are some of the best superhero movies we've ever gotten yeah hands down Hands down, and um, and it, it's hard to imagine like they would need to do this version of the character in a way that is more visually mundane in order to take it over and make it, but have it make budget sense in live action, because there's just so much stuff that they do in this animated movie that you can't imagine them ever being having the budget to do properly. Uh, oh, oh, you'd never be able to re- uh, replicate this, and that's no. The, that's the wonderful thing about the medium, and people should respect that. Is like, yeah, you can take fantastical to like new heights. Yeah, because like Spider Punk would not work. You can't, you know, prove me wrong if you if you wish, Marvel Studios, because I know you're listening, uh, and Sony, whatever, in association with Marvel. But uh, prove me wrong if you can. But I submit to you that I think that the sort of cutout magazine style of spider punk is something that you could only really pull off in 2d and, and because it just works so well, you could try to replicate it in three or in real life. It just wouldn't unless it was like printed pictures of someone that you were like kind of animating in real time. Nah. But it, it would look like take on me, probably. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was thinking, do you remember that fucking dude on a PBS who was the, he had come out of the cupboard and he'd be on like a pint glass and he's like, hey, everybody. And he'd shoot like, like this really 
it was live action, stop motion type of thing, but it was just like this animated dude that would be on this glass that would move around the kitchen and do stuff. I'd always see it on PBS, and that's what it reminds me of because it was always, you know, it wasn't, that was not shot in 24 frames per second, so it did not no. look like anything. And his movements, and, you know, they've played on that before in the first movie, and they really play on it with this one. And Spider-Punk is clearly like you can tell that he's being animated at a completely different time than everyone around him. Yeah. <clears throat> and it works so well with his attitude as well, because yeah. he is, they have made him punk all the way through. He doesn't like joining anything. He doesn't like doing anything that, that he is not, uh, that he is not in control of. And he will just make anarchic decisions, uh, uh, at any point, uh, you know, he he he's once a part of this uh, 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 this gathering of spider people, and then he is not, and he 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 just adds little touches that cause chaos because that is his modus operandi. That's what he loves about anything. That's what, just is what his personality is, and. Uh, the, the visuals support his personality 100%. They're chaotic. They don't animate. Like you said, they don't animate on the same time as everyone else. It's chaos. It's it's refusing to conform uh, down to the way that he moves. And I think that is really... That's really fascinating. It's, a, it's an amazing artistic choice that is just like... As another... As a fellow art professional, there is a mixture of, of just like awe... And envy and jealousy mm -hmm. that is, that happens when I see that stuff, just because like oh I wish I thought of that I wish I could have been the person who thought of that. Um, but in another way, I'm glad that I didn't because I didn't get to see how the sausage is made. I get to see the result, and the result is just so uh, it's just something else. Love it. It it tr it truly is. It's it's super enjoyable. The story is great, and. Just being able to see all the different uh, spider people versions and even their takes on, you know, popular ones, like even in the background and just kind of seeing all the different ones they could pull from, from like the Spider-Man Unlimited show to, mm -hmm. you know, they even had all the villains from the 90s, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, <laughs> you know, like they had, they, they had like everyone of note that you'd want to have in that and it it works and you know like if i guess if someone was to describe this to me i would go like i don't think that works like i don't know how you do this but to your point i don't know how the sausage was made the end result is this is a lovely sausage yeah <laughs> take take that how you will yeah. um, <laughs> it's a beautiful sausage any way you slice it um but uh let's talk let's take a little time to talk about the spot yeah. Um, the spot was, uh, I thought, you know, based on my questions especially, you probably could have uh, divined this, but I thought the spot would be like a something that they did kind of in the intro in uh, Miles' story and then would kind of be maybe a going joke, but not much more of a part of the story, which is I couldn't been, have been more wrong. Um, the spot is becomes like a multiverse level threat by the end of the of the second episode of the trilogy, and um, 
I think it was a really interesting inversion and sort of a a way to show how you do this type of villain right because I think aspect uh, uh, when I'm thinking about back on it the spots origin story there's there are aspects of it that reminds me of Jamie Foxx's Electro from the second Amazing Spider-Man except done right um this is the same way I felt about when I saw The Force Awakens and I was like, oh, this is what Anakin should have been like in the, uh, you know, the prequels of Star Wars. This is like, oh, this is what, this is the the tact you should have taken for that version of Electro. Instead of being someone who's like, Spider-Man didn't come to my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I want to kill him. It's, it's a combination of, yes, like you took everything away from me because you did this thing and that caused me to become this sort of uh, interplanal being that is that has no face anymore. And not only that, is that you don't remember me and you won't take me seriously as an adversary. Uh, like, because he is kind of a... It, he is played for laughs. And I think because Jamie Foxx had a... Or Jamie Foxx's Electro had a... Had an element of that. But it was just that, like, you slighted me and now you must die, which is a really weird motivation and hard to relate to. But I think that's, like, the combination of, with the spot, the combination of being um, being transformed and then shunned and humiliated by your friends and peers, and then the person who did it doesn't even know you exist or care about you. And then we, as the audience, are complicit in that uh, in that ne- neglect because, as this movie shows you, this is the character who was hit in the face by a bagel mm-hmm. uh, during the first movie, and we all laughed at him. <laughs> like, That's all right. of us had fun laughing at this guy, uh, and now he is like a threat to everything that Spider-Man loves, and indeed, like the entire fabric of the multiverse. And it's really. You know, part of it is just like being humiliated and then completely not taken seriously. Which, again, you shouldn't go out there and and become a homicidal maniac if this is what's happened to you. But at least the motivation feels more earned and relatable. Oh, completely, completely, and that I think that's why I didn't. When you asked me last time, you know, we were trying to give a little more spoiler-free version of it because I didn't want to spoil it for you. That's why I didn't really comment on the spot mm-hmm. because that is such a wonderful way to to introduce him as someone we've seen. You know, like it could have completely been a throwaway character, and probably at one point was until they figured out, okay, let's do this for this one, and I think that's a real poetic way to tie it all together but to realize that yeah no he's an existential threat he wasn't just like a joke that was highlighted there i mean he is the the main villain outside of um not really spider-man 2099 but you know he's definitely a little more adversarial yeah spider-man 2099 is more like tony stark in civil war right you he's more like someone who is trying to follow the book the letter of the law to the point where it is hurting his friends and he can't see past the the perceived duty that he has to do that being said the 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 little snippets of dialogue they put in the movie really help, help explain his motivation in an understandable way because he 
to this, not only has he experienced the, the, the results of the fact of when you go against canon and you try to change things for the what you think is the better, not only has he seen like hundreds of millions of people die as a result of his like wanting of his like searching for a better future for himself, but he is literally the only person. He feels like he is the only person who can fix things, and he is the only person who is holding everything together. And that is an understandable amount of pressure. And people make bad decisions when they're under that much stress and pressure. But one has to wonder how much of it is because of how stressed out and, and under pressure he is, and how much of it is because of the drugs he is taking. Because it's not specifically spelled out in the movie, but if you know Spider-Man's backstory, there is an element of drug addiction in Spider-Man 2099's uh, origin story, and he does get injected with something in this movie that they don't really address. Yeah, I think that's probably the same. That that felt like a third act reveal for sure. Yeah, uh, the highlight that. Yeah, I, look, his. You, it's hard to fault logic if you, the only time you've you've tried to uh, ignore the rules or think that it won't happen to you, and then it does happen to you, so you have like firsthand experience with that. It's, it's kind of difficult to sit there and be like, "Oh yeah, I think his." point of view is wrong uh-huh even though i would probably argue because miles was allowed to hang around or stay around that he was meant to be in in a weird way he was meant to be a spider-man right it, and they yeah we already invoked the spoiler witch but we find out that because that spider got transported to this version of miles timeline that the miles on that other timeline uh, went a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in, an interesting twist where we it is revealed that this spider, because everyone acts weirdly towards him the entire movie, and up until a certain point, you don't know why. Yeah. You just assume that he is like a loose cannon and they just can't trust him. But there is an element of his backstory and his importance to this entire operation that you're just just never revealed to you until a certain point. And then it is revealed that because the spider that bit him is from another dimension, he is the original non-canon event. And it, because he died, his Spider-Man died, and so on and so forth. And then, as you say, when he is transported back to Spider-42's uh, original dimension he discovers that his because the spider escaped from there and the absence of a spider-man has caused the world to slip into some neo mobster crime dream <laughs> like yeah. new york new york is this uh is is just the this this nightmare of a place uh where the sinister 6 is like a cartel I think yep. is what they called them in that little news snippet. And uh, basically everything is just run by the villains. And, and Miles Morales himself has taken up the mantle of the Prowler, or I guess is the original Prowler. Yeah, his, I imagine. His uncle is original. just like a his Alfred type figure. Yeah, his, his, his goon. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, kind of character. Yeah, I have no, like, 
No clue. And I tell you, when you know he he gets there, I was so invested in Miles get, being safe that I was paying no attention to any of the visual clues. So yeah. like I had no, you know, like I was not picking up the fact that in the background colors were purples and greens, you know, like the color of the prowler pretty much. And I was mm -hmm. not picking up any of that stuff until I was like, Oh, wait a minute. He's not in the right time. Oh, you guys are too damn smart. <laughs> I hate how smart you are. How you fooled me. I hate yeah. It. I hate it. That was the one thing that I did notice when he got back and the colors were different. I was like, there is something, there's something is wrong. I didn't know exactly what was wrong, but the, uh, the greens were really stood out to me in a way that I was like, wait a minute. The, he doesn't, is he, are you sure he's back in his dimension? Yeah. I, I mean, you're a better person than I, cause I was so truly invested. Like my heart was like, dum, dum, dum. Well, I don't listen. get in, invested in stuff like that anymore, but that one was, oh my God, I could not believe I missed that. Number one, there is no there is no universe out there where I am a better person than you, so don't even, don't even say that even in casual conversation. Number two, I, like, I am a, a professional working, I work in the art field professionally for my entire career. That's the only reason why I noticed that like the motifing and the color theory was off when he went back from his yeah. original dimension. That's it's only because of my professional experience. Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. But I feel like I should, I, I, I feel like that's like, that's, that's my thing though. Like I, 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 I even though I'm not, I'm not a professional, never claimed to be a professional. And anything except maybe cooking at this point. Um, oh, yeah. Even said, just just some uh, just to peek behind the curtain. John sent me some picture of some fantastic meats that he grilled up over the weekend, and I've been salivating ever since. I had to get a bucket out. I had guess what? I sleep in a dinghy now. There's too much drool. See, now people won't believe it. There you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> splish splash, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, but I mean, like, it, like uh, from like from start to finish, that was great. Like Spider Gwen, yeah, it, it, it was nice to see her role expanded even a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Backstory this, fleshed back out. Backstory fleshed out exactly, and it's just like all these wonderful moments. And I, I just, I absolutely fell in love with the movie, and. You know, the, the tail end when she got her crew together, like, we're going to do this. And then you, cause you're like, where the fuck is Spider-Man Noir? Like, why yeah. do we not even see him in the background? <laughs> Where's Spider-Ham? Like, where are these other characters? Nah, she went and got him. I was like, yes, let's get the crew. Let's get the band back together. The original uh, band is back together. Yeah. Like, cause that was great. For me, and maybe this is what we'll get in the, um, third one was i was waiting for noir and a scarlet spider to have like uh like a sour off or something like a noir off <laughs> yeah that would be funny so scarlet spider is played by andy sandberg fairly hilariously and uh if you don't remember spider-man noir is played by nicholas cage uh andy sandberg hilariously famously does a version of nicholas cage on uh the saturday night live when he was on there so I agree. It would be great to have Spider, Spider, Scarlet Spider, and uh, Spider-Man Noir, basically doing both doing impersonations of the uh, Nicolas Cage. 
Yeah, that's what I was looking for. So I'm hoping I get that in the third one, but just Scarlet. So okay, you know how much I love Scarlet Spider and yeah, his design. outfit. <laughs> so to see them, to see Scarlet Spider in this movie played as a total like emo dope was very funny. Yeah, I, uh, I was not bumped by it like I thought I uh, like when I first thought I thought I might be. Instead, it was just a delight, and I was really happy that he was uh, he was in there, and he was also making fun of his super defined musculature, which is a big thing in the comic comics, which I thought was great, and the fact that they're like, "Hey, weren't you Peter Parker at one point?" And he's like, "Oh," <laughs> even more depressed. <laughs> Such great little nods for the fans of the comics. Anyone who doesn't know, like, really deep comic lore has got to be like, "What the fuck are they talking about? Who is this guy?" You're like, oh, yeah, I mean, you get the surface level, I guess. Like, oh, he's just very moody versus like, oh, no, you're missing so much. There's like, so much context. You don't understand. And I really appreciate that because on one level, you could appreciate it. But on a deeper level, if you've you're rewarded for sticking around, you know what I mean? Like you've stuck yeah. around the, the spiderdom for so long and here you go. So, no, absolutely. I yeah, that, that movie, I've already ordered the art book. I'm just yeah. waiting for July 17th. I think that's when it ships. So Brilliant. I'll put it right next to the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Like you watch something like that, you I uh, for me I walked away inspired. At first depressed because like I would never be able to craft something like this. But then afterwards I was like, "Oh, well, I'm going to be inspired because the the creativity there really felt like they knew no bounds." Truly. And while I have nothing but praise for this movie. It was amazing. It does bear mentioning that much like many animated movies that have come out recently, there are horror stories of the people who actually had to animate true, this. True. And uh the and their working conditions. So, you know, who knows if you, John, would able be able to come up with an idea that this was this transcendent and amazing. Um, surely I think that someone like you would probably treat their animators better, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so you know, it all I'm saying is that it took our team of a bunch of really talented people working really hard to put this together and make it as amazing as it is. And so hard to credit one single person with the, Agreed. with the creativity and, uh, and inspiration to make something like this. True enough. Fair enough. Um, so you have read, I assume you have read the comic, uh, the, uh, the comics that are labeled Spider-Verse that came out, um, you know, back in the 2014, 2015. Uh, I did not. Timeline. No. You did not. Oh, I, av I avoided that because that was, I felt like that was right around getting to the, uh, well, uh, one more day or one bad day or whatever the... <laughs> yeah. And I know what you're talking about. Yeah, really so, bad, really bad, uh, a mal much maligned star, uh, story in the, the Spider-Man canon. Yeah, like, uh, so I, I, when it, whenever it did that, when I heard, oh, Spider-Verse, oh, what are you doing? Oh, is this like another, like, a clone saga? No, thank you. I, uh, I don't need that. Like, it was fine. And I think the clone, and we got some pretty cool things out of the clone saga, but that was so like kind of contrived that yeah. I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't deal with it. So I never, I never read into the, any, any of the Spider-Verse stuff. 
Well, that's very interesting. Um, uh, so I did. I read the whole run, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's much more. It's it is similar to these this movie in particular, uh, but a little more metaphysical, a little less scientific. Um, and uh, but it does involve like a lot of the characters that appear in in these two movies would never have existed were it not for the Spider Verse comics. Um, like Spider Punk, for example, is something that that is from uh, the this run. Mm. And uh, they did much of the same thing where they would bring in versions of Spider-Man from different medium. And then when Spider-Man would go to those for those those people's dimensions, it would be, you know, draw, drawn in the way that was uh, that matched that version of Spider-Man. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that they lifted from it stylistically, but from a story standpoint, they could not be more different. Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting in terms of just a visual connection, I, I can't see exactly how it was related yet. I don't think we will be able to see that until the trilogy is complete. But um, one of the things about the amazing or er, Spider-Man into the spider or just Spider-Verse arc is that they're, all the Spider-Man of different universes are being hunted by these vampires, these ageless vampires called the Inheritors, which are um, led by this character named Morlin. Um, okay. And they kind of, they're the antithesis of Spider-Man, and they, they fight in this sort of metaphysical, cosmic tug-of-war. Um and so I thought it was very interesting when they played up the vampire aspect of Spider-Man 2099, uh, Miguel O'Hara, um, because that reminded me very much of an inheritor and uh, Morlin in, in in particular. And I wonder if they will, will they'll reconnect that in the third one, because I I imagine that at some point we're going to see Madam Web. Madam Web is someone we haven't seen at all, and that is a character that was introduced in the Spider-Man uh, Spider-Verse comics. Well, Madam Web is a is an old school character who disappeared. So she was she was around in like the 70s. Uh, so I should say reintroduced. Yeah, yeah. Because be like reintroduced because she went away. She'd always show up in Spider-Man comics back in the day and stuff. You're like, "Who is this?" And then boop. And I haven't said her name in years. And then just when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah. Because she kind of looks like Aunt. And the old version looked like Aunt May. Yeah. Just wearing like a red like dress and sitting in this uh, really ornate chair that kind of had like spider web and uh, sure. leg stuff, I think. Anyway. She occupies more of a she occupies basically the role that spider-man 2099 rock occupies in in this movie she is like is the keeper of the web and uh the web is sort of like an interconnection of all the different multiverses and how it like keeps in balance and stuff and so uh she is more of like the overseer of the the web um and of course in the spider-verse comics like just like this, the sp- each Spider-Man is sort of integral to the the history and persistence of a of the universe they're a part of. Um, so I do wonder because I know Sony is is has in the chamber they're developing a Madam Web movie right now. 
Yeah. I do wonder if the in the third movie we will see Madam Web make some sort of appearance. Maybe she's the one that's orchestrating it from Spider-Man 29 side. 2099, yeah. she is the one who truly gave him that cautionary tale. Could be. Abdomen. That'd be a good way to do it, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, what I'm hoping is, because you know my, my hope is that Spider-Man 2099 does not have to make the ultimate sacrifice in this new movie right. and is redeemed. I'm hoping that she is able to come in and provide some stability and just take the weight off of him. And Miguel can can find the peace that he has been seeking and not just be this this angry, super Giga Chad uh edgelord that he is now. Yeah, he he do be brooding. <laughs> yep, he does. Uh, I have to commend you. You were talking about how cool the suit was for 2099, and I, I uh, 100% agree. It's it, the additions they made to it, and the um, like the physical shape they gave him works so much better. So much better. Yeah, like he like he's not built like a regular Spider Man, and I really do appreciate that because I think. You and I do, you know, we've talked about it before, but we do have like a uh, a love affair with Spider Man twenty nine, uh, mm-hmm. uh, twenty ninety nine for for some strange reason. I've always been enamored by him and yeah. the way he looks, just looks like he's totally a product of the nineties, but like in the sure. best way possible. But this version, I was like, oh, wow! Even like how he's doing his little spider webs and they're kind of shooting out like omega beams almost he's always blowing things yeah. up. Like, oh that's so badass like that fight with the uh leonardo da, Vin- da vulture i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah that was fascinating because he was like uh, like ripped out da vinci drawings were his animation style and uh super powerful like just like da vinci he had all these like super advanced uh technological tricks up his sleeve Oh my uh, god! But what I love, a great, what a great fight! Yeah, it was amazing. But just like, just to see how like capable he was, I was like, oh shit! You know, they made him like, you know, Spider Batman in yeah. a, in, a, in a way, and I I was there for it. I was completely oh, there for it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't really think about that at the time, but Spider Batman is a good way to put it. He yeah. is like Spider Batman. He's yeah. brooding and and by the numbers and sort of uncompromising in his vision, even if it gets somebody hurt. Uh, and I think that's uh, maybe it's not exactly like Batman, but certainly like uh, well, Batman learns from those lessons too. Yeah, right? like he Batman as of you know the last I don't know ten years, fifteen years. It's like they've been trying to teach Batman how to human. Yeah, that's the only way I can describe it, and you kind of see that growth with uh, twenty ninety nine. Or hoping to see that growth with him here, but you kind of understand where he's coming from. He just works. He just works, and he's he's honestly having him look so different from Peter and Miles and all the other Spider people for the most part is like I think a perfect choice to say why he's like the one who was chosen to do this or has chosen to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Very good, uh, very well put. Um, just a uh, all around, just an amazing movie. I hope that whoever is listening to this has already seen it, 
and uh, I don't have to tell you to rush out there and see it before it's not in theaters anymore. But uh, John made the recommendation last time that if you have the chance to see it in theaters, you must. And I agree. It's a visual feast. It is an auditory feast. Uh, What's great is that they show so many different varied versions of Spider-Man. You're bound to see yourself in one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a big, this is a bold statement and I, I love and respect Spider-Man too, but this movie is the, uh, Empire Strikes Back of Spider-Man's, <laughs> of Spider-Man movies. It's in the middle of a trilogy, but it excels and elevates the medium in a way that, that you can't deny. It is... The Empire Strikes Back of Spider-Man movies, and that's just the bottom line. You're you're gonna get no disagreement from me at all. Yeah, just I, beautiful. Just you, you don't have to have, uh, you don't have to have like life experiences like these characters to feel the emotional impact of all their decisions, and even the family parts really hit hard. Um, and I think that's a feat for an animated movie. Uh, and into the, across the Spider Verse is just like yeah, five stars, five stars. And I, it, the movie I went, the version of the movie I went to, the 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 experience that I had, there was a somebody. This was a <laughs> this is a showing that was at like seven twenty at night, so it's okay. gonna go to like you know ten almost. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. brought their five kids, ranging from. Anywhere from like ten years old to like four or three. Uh, okay. And these kids were running up and down the aisles the whole time, could not stay still, going in and out, you know, going out for two seconds, running back, running back up the stairs. There was a kid up there who was just like saying everything that happened in the movie. <laughs> oh no. Uh so it was a very disruptive, a very loud theater environment. Uh, I still love the crap out of it. So if that, just take that. I mean, if this movie can can transport you to a different place so much that you will forget about the kid being like, "That's his uncle. <laughs> He's web swinging right now." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they just webbed it, swing on, in between two buses. Yep. Yeah. Oh, his mom is mad. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're watching the same movie, kiddo. I know. It's like way past your bedtime, and you are just so rambunctious because you're just excited because you get to stay up late. But uh, listen, don't bring your kids to late movies, please. <laughs> if you're listening to this fuck, I know everyone's got a different situation at home, but good God. It's, it, it can get rough, that's for sure. They don't even want to stay. Like, this that movie is too long. Too violent and too serious to bring your to your three year old to. Your kid just wants to you know play iPad and and drink a juice box. I mean, I kind of want to do that too. So actually, no. I, you know, the minute the words left my mouth, I was like, this seems like a perfect Sunday to be so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, couldn't recommend it more. Lovely, lovely movie. It gets the the pop saga seal of approval and accolades. I wish I could give. I wish I could give. I liked into this or across the Spider Verse so much. I wish I could give it an award that 
mattered. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. No one, no one cares that they get the pop saga seal of approval, but God, I wish it mattered so I could give it to them. Yeah, well, it's the only award that we can give right now, but uh, easily well deserved. Yeah, I hope you would. I hope you. I hope that you like this award. Uh, Into the Spider Verse, you made. Uh, you made me a believer after watching. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. <laughs> I was starting to I was starting to doubt my love for superhero movies and you brought me back. Thank you so much. Um oh, if you feel that way, definitely don't watch The Flash anytime soon. Well, you know what? I canceled my tickets I, I, and I didn't watch The Flash and so I don't think that's going to be a problem. Good. Not planning it. Not planning on it. Um Happy to hear it. Good. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about those 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 things that people love to eat. You know, Fourth of July is a big food holiday. To me, every holiday is a big food holiday. Yeah, uh, usually, food. have some sort of food that's associated with it. Sure. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Um, but uh, very few other holidays are focused on a specific preparation of food, like Fourth of July. Um, and, and that's preparation is, is barbecue. So what I would thought we could do for this one, John, is we're, we could do this one a little bit differently. Okay. Let's talk top five, top five, 4th of July barbecue foods. And let's just throw, let's just do it in media res. We're going to throw out some stuff and let's debate it. Okay. Let's talk about it. Let's show our reasoning, and we'll start from the from five and go down to one, and okay. hopefully we can come up with a definitive pop saga list of the best Fourth of July foods. Uh, you know, this will this won't help you for this Fourth of July, but maybe next Fourth of July, maybe you had a disappointing, bland, mayo-filled Fourth of July this year, and you're looking for something new, something exciting. Mm-hmm. And maybe Pop Saga can get you there. So, John, let's start with number five. What would you say is the fifth most best? That's not a word. That's not a phrase, but we're going to go with it. Yeah. The fifth I'm, I'm... most best <laughs> Fourth of July food. So, for me, I've like with Fourth of July, I need baked beans. Yes. I. I I need baked beans. I need bacon baked beans. Um, specifically, I make pretty killer baked beans. And so you make um, them from scratch. No, I do not. I doctor the shit up out of uh, Bush's baked beans. Good I, man. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no, there's no reason to need to make those things from scratch. Bush's makes a fine base, and then you just add to the base. And in fact, I will give away my recipe right now. Hell yeah. First off, I want to say I agree. There'll you'll find no argument from me. Uh number five, baked beans are so important and delicious. Love a sweet bean. Yep. Like bushes. Um, but I am anxious and excited to hear your plus up because I'll you know, spoiler alert, I got myself a can of Bush's beans Great. for the fourth in Perfect. anticipation of the coming holiday. And I did not necessarily have a plan to plus them up but I'll well, guarantee I'm going to steal what you say. 
Well, I'm definitely sure that you have these ingredients in your house too. Oh, um, okay. So, it's, Here we go. so it should be really easy. You you might need to go out and get one thing. We'll see what you keep in your 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 cupboard or whatever. Okay. Okay. So you take Bush's baked beans. It can be any of them. It doesn't really matter. So, um, like yesterday, I made baked beans on in in addition to the barbecue that I cooked. Um, so. The, the maple ones, brown sugar ones, usually are, I feel like are probably like the better base. But anyway, can of baked beans, uh, bushes. What I do then is I take bacon, like actual bacon, and what I'll do is I'll cut it up into fairly thick pieces, and I will uh, render it out in a pan. So I get all that bacon fat on the bottom. I then take those pieces out, put them to the side. Uh, then I put in the baked beans. Uh, I uh, scrape up the fond so it gets that bacon flavor into uh-huh. it. I then will take some garlic powder, not garlic salt, just garlic Shh. powder. Absolutely. A fine dusting across the top. You don't got to go heavy handed, but I try to make sure that it's like at least the top is covered with that. Stir that in, let it go down. I then take some whiskey. Doesn't matter which whiskey. In fact, mm. if you have the Jack Daniels honey whiskey, that works very well. But any just regular whiskey, totally fine. Put a little bit in there, maybe like, like ounce, ounce and a half, two ounces. If you're if you're Janet Jackson, <laughs> you want to do that? Sure. Yeah. And then I take some barbecue sauce. Doesn't matter. You have a favorite one. It could be Sweet Baby Ray's. It could be Bubba's. It could be whatever one. And I just put a little bit of that on top. And then I mix it all together. And when that's incorporated well and cooked down just a slight bit, I mean ever so slightly, I throw the bacon back in there. I let it go for another two, three minutes and then take it off the heat and you can reheat them and they'll be totally fine. And that's how I I doctor up my baked beans. That sounds so good. (laughs) I have to say, yeah, luckily I do have all those ingredients. I could totally pull this off. Uh, I love the fact that you just put the whiskey in there raw, so you probably get a little bit of that whiskey taste, a little yeah. bit of that alcoholic tang just, in there. Yeah, just that so you don't have to cook it off because it, it will cook out most of it because by sure. the time it reduces down a little bit, you're getting that slight hint that there is like booze in it, but it's not like overtly boozy. Um, yeah, I think the problem is I know some people go can go a little more heavy handed with it and now just a light touch. You just want that flavor that kind of offsets the sweetness that you're you're going to naturally get, especially with depending what barbecue sauce you use. You know, half of those things can be just chock full of sugar and shit. So that's what I do. I've been making them that way since I've gone to Wasteland and every year I just I think I get a little better about it. And even my buddy Harry came over yesterday and he was like, I don't know what uh, grilling God in, you invoked, but you, you seem to have hit a uh, perfect level. Of everything. It's like those beans, those everything. And the beans were the first thing he called out. So Dang. yeah, give it All a right. try. Let me know what you think. <laughs> that sounds really good. Uh, yeah. No argument for me here. Right. Uh, number five, baked beans but uh i would say uh take john's advice zhuzh it up yeah. uh whenever there's an opportunity to add more flavor do it yeah yeah don't do what the brits do with their heinz baked beans open the tin and then that's it no 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 doctor them no. up a little bit you'll pour do, that on you... white bread call that a meal no come on no 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 we won the war um yeah <laughs> 
anyway, baked beans number five for me. But uh, what 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 do you what do you put in the pot for number four? What do you think? Number four is tough. Uh, number four is really tough because I think once you get down to the top three, it gets really tough. But um, I like, I love, I would say a uh, a corn in the husk. Mm-hmm. on the barbecue. I love a barbecued corn in the husk. Okay. What do you, uh, what, do you what do you do what do you do with the 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 grilled husked corn afterwards? What are you putting on top? Well, you know, I just keep it simple. Okay. I put uh I slather it in butter. Okay. Put a little salt and pepper. And uh, sprinkle on some, pap- some paprika. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's pretty. That's pretty standard. I think that's a good. Like I can see corn, or I can also see like a potato salad or macaroni salad. Yeah, I love a potato salad. I love a macaroni salad. You know, but not to spoil are things. Grillable though, you know. They're not grillable, but they are important. Uh. I might actually, you know what? Maybe we'll have a little bit of a. Uh... So what, you, what you're saying is number four for you would be potato or macaroni salad. Do you have a specific one? I would probably go potato. Um, mm. Potato you know what? first, because I feel you like might... you you need a solid base. Corn is good, but I don't know if corn for me is in a top five. Like honestly, corn could be like top six. Maybe even sixth, seventh place for me. I like corn. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, normally, I don't, I've not done in a long time grilled corn on the cob, like in the husk. Yeah, you got to grill it in the husk. It really yeah, steams yeah. it inside. It's really yeah. nice. Doesn't dry the corn out. Yeah, I need to um, give that a try. Because I mean, I've made I've made like uh, different seasoned butters for my corn, but again, that mm. was. That was more uh, non-husked on the grill, based it type of thing. Yeah, but I could see good, in dude. the husk better because of the steaming, and then you can do a little bit of butter. You can even take it out of the husk, give it a little bit of char. Yeah, if you want that char, you got to take it out of the husk. That's fine. I uh, I soak it in water beforehand, mm. and so everything is like cool. And then when it goes on, so it gets to that extra steam. Um. Uh, but you know what? I think you might win me over because to be honest, I might've put macaroni salad or, or, or potato salad higher on the list. But if, if we're feeling like, I feel it has to be on the top five. So I am fine. I will make the concession. I'm fine with putting potato salad, specifically potato and not macaroni Yeah, yep. at number four. Okay. Unless... It's the macaroni salad that my wife makes, and then that would replace it. But any other macaroni salad, I'm just saying, if you go over to somebody's house, potato salad, I'll always take that over the macaroni salad, unless it's the stuff my wife makes, which is fantastic. Yeah, if I had that, see, I don't really have that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anyone who makes an awesome macaroni salad. Um, yeah, I'm going potato salad. I just think it's a great base. I think it complements... It's a nice cooling factor on a hot day, and it works with baked beans so well. 
Yeah, um, it's nice to go back and forth, right? You get that exactly. chilled potato salad, and then you're in like the rest of it is hot, greasy meats, and you know, uh, uh, but yeah, hot baked beans. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm switching sides. Corn, you're great. You're, you're. I think six is a great place for you, uh, but four is gonna be potato salad. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Here's a question for you before we move on. Eggs or no eggs in your potato salad? Uh, no eggs. But I, it's just because I'm not a fan of eggs, hard-boiled or otherwise. I, I agree. I, I like an egg in a potato salad, but I prefer it out because yeah, just, I actually like – I don't like the textural difference between those, you know, the starchy potatoes and then just a rubbery egg. Yeah. Not a fan. And it's usually, you know, depending on who's – making it or where you've gotten it from that egg has been cooked mm -hmm. uh, you know to hell and back so it is suspect it is a, egg yeah and again hard-boiled eggs are nah like yeah. i'd i'd eat that if we were in the 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 last of us because i'd have no choice <laughs> right. but but i wouldn't actively by choice i'd never eat a hard-boiled egg so yeah i prefer it sans <laughs> yeah. okay good i think we're we're totally aligned there um all right so that's number four what do we now we're in the top three this is serious business let's put on our serious hats what do we think is number three on the the top five list so for okay so for me i feel like the top three are going to be proteins like there are they're going to be the yep. meats yeah so, so now it's kind of like what meats do you like what order do you put them in? What order yeah. do you put them in? And so for me, I think a staple for 4th of July, even though it's not hard to make, though some people don't know how to cook them for some reason, I'm going like, I'm going to go a little broader by just mm -hmm. saying sausages. That can include yes. hot dogs, but a, a, a veritable cornucopia of sausages from you know, Italian. Hot dogs are fine. Polish, but you throw a linguisa in there, linguisa, you get a pole. Yes, a brat. Then you're really you've upped your game. Gotta love a, a grilled hot dog. Yeah. Yes. Like there's 100%. nothing. And I, I'll give you a tip for those out there who are interested in uh, grilling hot dogs, who maybe just put the hot dogs on the grill. If you will listen to me for five seconds, uh, do this first before you grill them. You'll get an even better sausage. Doesn't matter which one. Par boil your sausages before you put them on the grill. Oh, so, well, so you, then you don't have to like just, just fucking destroy them on the grill trying to get them done. Exactly. So this does two things. So you take a, you know, stock pot, fill up halfway water, throw all your fucking sausages in there. It doesn't matter which ones, uh, but preferably from your starting from uh, not at a boil. So you're starting with a set of cold water, turn mm -hmm. it up, get it to where it starts forming a rolling bubble. Not a full boil, but like it's definitely getting to that boiled part, right? So that's the par boiling. And then once it starts getting to like an active rolling boil, let that go for like one, two minutes, then stop, then take your sausages to the grill. What that's going to do is it's going to make them super juicy and you don't have to like char the ever living shit out of them to make sure that they're warmed all the way through or depending on certain sausages cooked all the way through these will have done 95% of the cooking and then you'll finish the rest of the cooking on the grill. You'll get a tasty char, a nice snap and a, a, a like a, a very tasty, whatever sausage. 
That is a pro tip. Love it. I've seen so you know what? I think that this solves a a solve that I've been doing for a while. Uh, but I think with this new information, I don't have to do this anymore, uh, which is great because it's less of me sort of like uh, babysitting the sausages. What I do mm. is I fill a spray bottle up with a little water, a little beef stock, or a, you know whatever stock sure, you got. Sure. Uh, and then I just uh, I hydrate the sausages during the cooking process so they don't get too dried out on the outside. But parboiling, and then I don't even have to do. I have to. I, I would be able to grill for less time and and spend less time maintaining it. I love this idea. Yeah, when I discovered that, that was a that was a game changer. And the best part is, mm. depending on who you're with, you don't have to just parboil in water. You can also parboil in Guinness or any other booze, like oh, wow. any sort of beer, if you want to. Um, and that will impart a little bit of flavor. And obviously if you won't get that super alcoholic tinge to it, but you can totally do that as well. And it works. I, I find that Guinness works the best with doing it. Um, a lighter beer doesn't seem to have any sort of body for that. So you definitely want a stouter, darker, like an ale. You're going to want something that's definitely a little darker if you want to go non water, but water works totally fine. And yeah, it's just less work because I was finding when I was cooking them, yeah, they were just like, oh, do you want one that's like, looks like charcoal or just a step away from charcoal? And you're still hoping that you get into the center. This way I can throw a shit ton of sausages in the water, let it all boil, then grill them as I need to, right? I can even take the pot out to the grill and put them from there into it. No problem. That's great. That is a great friggin' note. I love it. This is a, what a tip. I'm going to definitely try this out. Uh, when the next time I make sausages. Yeah. Let me on, know what you, on let, grill. let me know how those turn out. I'll be interested. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm excited because I just yesterday made uh, grilled artichokes in a very similar method and they turned out great. And so there's nothing to tell me that this also won't be a fantastic idea. Um, all right. We're in the top two. It's the end game now, Tony. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. Let's see. This what is, is tough. the number two protein? Who, who is number two protein? Who does number two protein? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to throw it out. And yeah, we can debate. Shoot. Yeah. We can debate, but I'm going to throw out number two, burgers. Mm. Number mm. two, burgers. Now, I think that there is an argument that these could be number one. I think on most people's list, I could see that. For me, it would not be a number one. Do, would it be a number two? I'm thinking about it because mm. okay. Well, hit me with your number two. What would you say number two is for you? I'm like for me. I'm thinking I I'd like a pork dish of some sort. So I'm thinking like, is it just ribs? Hmm. Interesting. I had assumed that ribs might be number one. You well, have a love. You have a, a state. Everyone knows who listens to this pop, podcast. You have a love for ribs. You make a legendary ribs. That's what I've been told. 
I normally mm-hmm. never get to have them half the time I make them because everyone yeah. else eats them through. Because they are gone. Because they yeah. are delicious. Yeah. But uh, so, so, for me, this is interchangeable. I wouldn't. I like beef for sure, and sure. that is where I'm kind of leaning with my number one. Just to be honest, uh, is a is a beef dish of some sort. Okay. Um, and that's why I could go uh, ribs for number two. I could also see ribs for number one and a beef dish but if i was gonna go beef i'm not going hamburger hamburger to me is i definitely will eat one for fourth of july but for me like hamburger is like number eight on the list that's interesting i so i agree with you in principle i think that as far as beef dishes go hamburger is pretty down the list in terms of the actual the kind of preparation i like beef but a hamburger is much more than just the the sum of its beef totally Uh, totally it's all the condiments and everything that you associate with it And and there is something about the backyard barbecue burger that beats any other burger you can get for me there's something I don't know if it is because the setting, because you're probably also drinking at the same time, uh, but there's something about the simple preparation: burger, ketchup, mustard, bun. The bun's also been roasted on the barbecue. Like there's something about that that elevates it above your standard fare. I get that. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Like, if it's done, I will definitely eat it. And or normally I'll go crazy and say, hey, is there a hot link? I'll take a hot link, cut that in half, and I'll put that on top of my burger. Yeah, plus you it know, up. Plus Stack it, up. it high. Exactly. Get that going. Like, if you're going to have handheld food, make sure that is going to uh, sustain you. But for me, like, the beef dish that I like, and it's, it's totally a California thing since I'm from here. I even sent you pictures of it. I love tri-tip. Yeah. And I think if you can cook a tri-tip, it's a great piece of beef. It's, you know, it's got enough, it can be super tender, and it doesn't require any gussing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like that that version of beef a little bit more than hamburger. But I'm willing to... Well, how about this? We could say number two, beef, uh, a beef-based dish. <laughs> we could say, I think hamburger, you say tri-tip. Listen, if I was at your house and you said, I'm making tri-tip or hamburgers for us, what did, which one do you want? I'm going tri-tip every time. Uh, but there's just something about 4th of July that begs for a burger. So I, I think you're right. I mean, I think you're right. I'm going to go beef dish. I'll go beef dish, burger. Yeah, I don't really... I don't know. That's not true. I was going to be like, I don't really turn those away. Really kind of depends. If I'm grilling it, then I'm okay with it. If other people are grilling it, I'm like, uh, you have to be someone I trust to know how to. Not- <laughs> is this, is it the charcoal or is it the burger? You yeah. Yeah. When the burger patty is the same size as the charcoal, then you messed up. So yeah. uh, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, I think like, I just know beef and a hot uh, hamburger is a great way to. Uh, get that and it's true like you could have so much fun with the different condiments grilled onions or even you know like uh uh, roasted onions or sauteed onions or any of that on top of it yeah that's fair that's fair i'm I'm gonna go beef in either or would work okay 
I think that that makes sense to me. So let's go down to number one. We may have already given away. It's a pork product of some sort, but I'm just going to go ahead and say ribs. I'm smoking ribs this for the first time during my 4th of July uh, tomorrow. So I can't wait to see what those look like. (laughs) Yep. Me too. (laughs) And not, not like I'm, being skeptical here no i think you'll you'll, you'll i'm you'll being knock, skeptical no you'll knock them out of the park especially <laughs> since you so. have since you have a smoker like i like i have a propane uh grill back here because that's all i can rock i can't rock the uh charcoal here um so i've had to figure out how to grill ribs in a, in a way and i usually you know end up going with like a, a uh, i do oh my god what do they call it it's pretty much you turn off the burners on one side, you keep the burners on the other. Indirect uh, yes. heat. Indirect heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I start my grill up. I put the ribs on there for a little bit. They're seasoned up however you want to season them. No sauce at the start. Grill them yep. up, then I move them to the indirect side. And then on the direct heat, what I do is I normally put a, a tin foil tray, and then I'll fill that with beer or some juice or whatever liquid. That I feel aromatic, and then I season that, and I season that hella heavily, like you know all all the seasonings. I put it in there, and then I let that <laughs> boil up, and yeah, it's yeah, that help my ribs be uh, tender when they're done. Yeah, there's something about ribs are so fun to eat, yeah. and uh, they are so delicious. Um, I uh, like I said, I'm trying for the first time, so I'm gonna try. I got. I live in a condo, no highfalutin homes for me. Um, so I couldn't even, uh, according to the, the leader of uh, my, my particular HOA, not even a uh, propane grill was allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. My house is old. It's made of dry, suspect wood. Um, and so I I got a new gadget. It's a... It's a uh, a ninja outdoor uh, wood fire grill slash smoker. And based on the YouTube videos I've watched, it's fairly foolproof when it comes to <laughs> to making uh, smoked ribs. So we'll see. We got, our, we got the fool test with me using it. Uh, so we'll see how foolproof it really is. Um, but yeah, I've got a, got a, uh, like a half rack of uh, St. Louis spare ribs give it a try st louis style it's not from st louis uh st louis style spare ribs so we'll, we'll see what happens got a rub for that it's gonna be good got a some smoky pellets to put in there it's gonna be very it gets very smoky my neighbors are probably not very happy but it's fourth of july calm down it's not a firework so chill out it's not a firework we're making tasty food people yeah, you gotta chill exactly. out yeah it sounds great and i didn't realize ninja's gotten the barbecue game so i'm really happy to hear that yeah, it's cool. Uh, I I looked around. I was gonna just get a propane grill anyway, cause you know whatever. We'll take come at me, HOA. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, but I also kind of don't want to burn my house down. So uh, once I saw this, and they said, hey, you can even go on a patio in an apartment, or not a patio, but a, a balcony. I said, hey, I've got a deck. It's open air. There's nothing over it, so it's pretty safe. Uh, but might as well be safe, rather be safe than sorry. And if it gives me the ability to, to smoke things, which I've never had the opportunity to do because of where I've lived my entire adult life, 
uh, all the more exciting. So I will update everyone here and you with the the results of uh, of my perhaps uh, boondoggle, but hopefully uh, resounding success. Looking forward to it. Looking forward yeah. to it. Indeed. Well, there you go. The top five uh, definitive list from your friends here at Pop Saga. Uh, we're going uh, baked beans, potato salad, mm-hmm. hamburgers, or tri-tip, depending on whatever you're in the mood for. Uh, sausages. Wait, don't, we, don't forget sausage. That's before the, the hamburgers is yep. sausages, then hamburgers. Uh, and then, of course, ribs being the number one 4th of July barbecue snack. I was going to actually do a tier list for this, but the one tier list I found did not have ribs on it, so I did not choose it. Yeah, at that point, I would just send them a, a, a sternly written email. Dear person who created this tier list, how Boo. dare you? Yes, Boo! <laughs> boo! Boo your tier list. Where are the ribs? I yeah. bet you your potato salad has raisins in it. That's right. It does look like it, it might have raisins in it. And there's uh, they also have on here uh, chips and salsa and uh, a berry salad. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Like, yeah, chips. That goes at the bottom list. They got to be there. But, like, you know, I'm not yeah. going to a barbecue for the chips. Yeah, and I to be honest, if I'm going to a barbecue, if I'm uh, coming to a barbecue, I'm bringing potato chip chips, probably ruffles, probably ridges. Get yourself a sour cream and onion dip, uh, and I don't know. I don't, I'm not going uh, Chevy's Fresh Max uh, uh, chips and salsa, which is what this picture looks like. Even yeah. though I love chips and salsa, um, yeah, uh, no, 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 just not a, not a great compliment in my opinion. Um, fantastic. So while we wrap it up, John, let's talk about the fact that we've been doing this for three GD. Yeah, three years. Three <laughs> years. I think three one of the... years. <laughs> gross point I... blank in it. <laughs> uh, great movie. Uh, John Cusack in his prime. Um, but one of the things that reminded that came to mind when I heard your very cool edited together intro is one of the reasons I enjoy doing this show so much and why it is such a fun creative outlet for me and I hope is a fun experience for all the people who listen is because we get to do the things we want to do. There's no one to say no uh, to us except each other. Yep. And uh, that has led to all sorts of fun stuff like Pop Scares you, like the Fizzy Friends, like the Hyundai Daily City, uh, like the un- the car we made up to make mm-hmm. a commercial out of, uh, like uh, all the crazy things, Nightstab, all the crazy high concept stuff that we've done. Um, you out there listening to this show just allows two former theater kids to really express their inner... <laughs> Their inner performer in a way that their chosen careers have 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 not <laughs> have not encouraged and in fact some in some cases likely stifled. Yeah, soul crushingly uh, stomped on. Some would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's it. I mean, this is something that you know other people are uh, a mutual friend of ours, Jenny pushed on us years ago, even before we started this show, uh, was like, you should, you two should have a podcast. 
And we, I was like, why? Who's going to yeah. listen to me? And, you know, but we did a, a sample one, I think. And that turned out pretty good once we kind of got over the, uh, the initial jitters. Mm-hmm. And then it was just one of those things where it's just like, okay, well, that that's a cool pipe dream. But then pandemic happens, looking for a creative outlet. You know, it was just like, hey, you want to do that uh, uh, podcast that was brought up to us for a while? Just give it a shot and just kind of do something that is a wholeheartedly ours where no one can you know. There, there's no overlords or anyone telling us what we can and can't do or what we can and can't try. And it was just, you were just like, yeah, I mean, you were the one who came up with the name. Um, you know, we went back and forth for a while, mm-hmm. but you came up with the name and it was so perfect. And then I rushed out and was like, well, let me get us a theme song. And, and that was a, a one and done thing. No well, notes for me. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, that's... this is incredible. Let's do it. Yeah, I was just like, well, if there's anything I know I can do if I really care about something, I can produce the shit out of it. So let me let me figure out what I can do. And Burton M6 did such a wonderful job. And that's why we just keep going back. I just love the work. And it was just, that was really the foundation. I mean, we didn't really, we, we both know, I mean, you know, I won't speak for you directly, but we have such a love for pop culture that, Absolutely. You know, and every time we would get together and talk, it was just, you know, that's where we'd always go. We would just, every bit of news, every show we watched, everything, we would just kind of talk about it and dissect it. And it just felt like it was a perfect um, vehicle for us to discuss on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something we both have a lot of passion for, and it's something that is a big part of both of our lives. And so why not take those, uh, you know, discussions that we used to have near your desk in the place that we both worked annoying everyone around us yep. and really put it on the the internet so we could annoy a, a whole group of new people who have never met us before and uh so that's what we get to do you know we're three years in and uh it is a, an appointment for me uh that feels like it's just a a release and a relief and uh, it's always so fun, and I really hope that the people who tune in, you know, get something from it. I don't know. I I get something from it, surely, because I get to do it. I also listen to it on occasion just for fun, you know, spoiler alert. <laughs> I do it. Uh, it's a few times I've done it while I've been in a drive-thru, and I've been like, I got to turn this down. No <laughs> one can hear me listening to myself. Uh, like they won't know it's me until I talk, and then that then you know all is lost. So how gauche? Yes. Like, <laughs> Are you listening to yourself? And I'm like, yes. Are you interested? And then they they say, no food for you. <laughs> no, uh, no thanks. But I have yeah. a podcast. You want to listen to it? <laughs> Shit. And then I'm obligated to do it, and then that it's just a whole spiral. I'll give you an extra um, ranch. All right. <laughs> What's the name of your podcast? It's about the social economic downfall of oh, Atlantis. What? Oh, what? Atlantis? Well, actually, that sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would listen to the shit out of that. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, three years in, and uh, I can still remember the the giddy, half drunk excitement that I recorded the the initial four hours of He Man, oh the God. motion picture, uh, uh, just on terrible tin can mics, just like uh, just having a blast talking about uh, the the guy who played Tom Paris in Voyager. Um, uh, just really fucking it up on uh, He-Man the motion picture and uh, yeah it, I think if you listen to that and then you listen to this we have come such a long way in terms of like the sophistication and just confidence in the show and uh, yeah we'll Ooh. see where the years ahead take us I'm excited to see yeah where lord that is. thinking about editing like how it used to be to how it is now it's like I well mean, yeah I think I edited that first episode, and you it did. took me a week. <laughs> yeah, you did. Like, I mean, fortunately, it was like one of those things where it was like, um, well, we whenever it launches, it launches, so it's fine. <laughs> and, I remember, like, I was doing tiny edits. There would be, like, a little bit of something. I would cut out 0.2 seconds of things, uh, and it took four fucking ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it used to take, like, we would record an episode, and most of them back in the day would be, like, two and a half hours long. It's like we were making movies. Mm -hmm. And then, like, to edit it was, like, triple that. Because uh, I eventually, like, hopped in because I was unemployed, so it was easier for me to say, hey, you know what, let me learn how to edit these things because you're working and I'm not. Uh, so let's And you really took to it in a way that it just it never clicked for me. I had spent way too much time obsessing over stuff, and... You seem to know exactly the right way to just make an episode flow nicely without all the hitches and stuff, but not take you f five days to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that was the whole thing was, well, part of it was just like, well, it's our thing. I don't really, I'm not like truly worried about like the extreme quality of it. It was just more like, oh, you know, just get the thing out, cut out something that obviously sounds like it needs to be removed. But other than that, it's kind of difficult with the platform we use to do like super crazy editing and stuff. So it's yeah, pretty, very rudimentary. Yeah, it's very rudimentary, tools. but now like I can edit it in almost real time. Um, and sometimes it's even less. It's like, if I have an idea of where the cold open, cause uh, for those who are wondering about the cold opens, uh, Normally what happens is uh, Forrest and I kind of like warm up before we get started. So we just talk about anything. It can be whatever. Like, in fact, one opening we didn't, I didn't even include it in there. It was uh, Forrest and I getting into it about um, like Skyrim. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, right. was in, that was intense, <laughs> but I was just like, I can't keep like 10 minutes of this. You know what I mean? Like for someone to hear us no get one into wants it. <laughs> About our both of our opinions of the objective quality of Skyrim Apocalypse. Right. Exactly. But that's kind of like the, you know, how it starts is we just start talking to things. You know, we don't really talk the show too much when we're not recording it or whatever. But when we say it, we're talking, we go through it. And at some point I'll hear something and I go, okay, this feels like this is a cold open this seems like this is a cold open bit and then I'll edit to those places and then I'll uh, trim it appropriately. And like, even the one that you all got from last week was me stitching two, almost two parts together that were 
a few minutes apart mm-hmm. to tell something um, and kind of do that. Once I figure that out, then editing is just listen to it and say, oh, there's a um or too long of a pause. Let's shorten that a little bit. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just something kind of cool to do and, you know, try to do what I can to help the show out. I always, you know, I always tell uh, Tiny, everybody else, I'm like, Forrest is the star. I'm just here <laughs> to make him shine. So that's, that's how I do it. So, well, that's uh, far too modest and not even close to the truth. Um, but, uh, yeah, can't wait to see what is coming next. Um, but, uh, I think that's going to do it for us this week, folks. I hope to goodness that you enjoyed hanging out with us here on our, uh, 4th of July barbecue chill cast episode 157 of pop saga. Um, you know, we did it initially for ourselves, uh, but these days we do it for ourselves and you. So, uh, we can't say enough how much we appreciate your patronage. If you're a longtime fan or you're just coming on and this is your first episode, welcome and thank you for Mm -hmm. listening Mm -hmm. because we don't have a huge audience but for the people that stick around it really means a lot to us um to have you along with us uh, on the ride so uh you know wherever you are i hope that you had a great uh week whether you're in the u.s and you're celebrating fourth of july or uh you're elsewhere and you're celebrating whatever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you celebrate wherever that is. <laughs> what do you celebrate on the moon? I don't know. Um, uh, but day. yeah, moon day. It's the start of every week. And it's also a holiday. Yep. Come live on the moon. We've got a Fuddruckers last uh, in the universe. Um, that would uh, make me not go to the moon. Yeah, I know. I said it. It came out of my mouth and I already regret it. Talk but, about uh, it. Talk about a burger that I don't need. There you nope. Go. <laughs> yeah, those are the opposite of the, the of the quaint backyard burgers, the Fuddruckers, Cudtastfuddry. Uh, um. Uh. But uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. Uh, we sure hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode because we sure as heck enjoyed making it for you. Um, and as John mentioned earlier, we have to and want to thank Burton M6 for the, all the incredible music on our show. Check out our show notes for a link to his Fiverr page. And there's also a link in there that will get you to all our social media. Uh, if you want to reach out and talk to us, if you want to share your top five ranking for all of the delicious food on 4th of July, please don't hesitate to do so. There's a lot of ways to get in touch with us, but the best way is to join our Discord server, which is always fun. We can talk about the show. We can talk about the things you like. We can talk about whatever you want, but our promises to you is that we will be active on that server, and so you can talk to us if you want. Turn your parasocial relationship into a real relationship with the power of Discord. Um, and uh, as we like to say at the end of every show... We hope that wherever you are out there, however you choose to listen to us, you are feeling happy and healthy. And if not, that's okay too. But without further ado, let me throw it over to John for the final word. Remember, folks, three years is a blink in the eye. Here's for another three and maybe some more. Thanks for joining us on the ride.
Yeah. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. Uh-huh. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. Here come the fizzy friends. Bubbly bodies, the fun never ends. Pop Saga, you know we gotta represent. Talking about Batman, the show from 66. To all my people, if you're into He-Man, the Skeletor, the unofficial revelations companion. Hey, Pop scares ya. Pop, 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 pop scares ya. You just never know what you might see right here. Every single day is Halloween. Just a couple of nerds, keep it so entertaining. Hey, Pop Saga. <laughs>